Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Victory Center. My name is Mark Rennick. Good Saturday afternoon to you, Treasure Valley. Hope it's warm enough for you out there. It certainly is for me. Uh, summer is here. Systemic Change of Idaho is funded by the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, and what they do is sponsor this show, and we do some other exciting things. But basically what we're attempting to do is to bring people who have been incarcerated and bring them out in terms of helping us change the way Idahoans view people who have been in the system. That's the basic core of what we attempt to do. The most exciting thing we're doing with that is to take you and I who have been in the system and to encourage you to come forward and be a speaker, and we're going to put together a real nice PowerPoint and some video stuff, and you're going to go out and help us educate Idahoans. If you're interested in that, I'm going to give you some information at the end of the show to let you know how to reach out and touch to uh, connect with me. But one way in particular would be to come this Thursday night to the Linden Building downtown at 7 p.m., and you can actually see what we're doing. We're going to have the first draft of the PowerPoint. We're going to kind of critique it, and we're going to see what happens from there. So if you're not doing anything on Thursday, come down to the Linden Building. We'd love to have you. Uh, in addition, there's some other stuff that's been going on. It's actually cool in terms of the future here. Uh, many of you know that so many of us coming out of incarceration have addiction issues, and those addiction issues um, certainly manifest themselves in many ways. And September is National Recovery Month, and so we're going to be a part of a uh, two events. One's on the 1st, in which we're going to march on the Capitol. That's a Friday. And there'll be a rally after in Ann Morrison Park. And then there's one in Julia Davis Park on the 16th. So mark those events, too, if you're interested in kind of becoming involved in what's going on in the in the Treasure Valley in terms of addiction and resources. Also in September is uh, what's the uh, Department of Corrections calls the Resource Fair, Community Resource Fair. We're going to have a guest next week that's going to talk about that. But that's an entity where at the Vineyard all day on Friday, the 15th of September, all the agencies who work with people who have been incarcerated or getting out come together and encourage anybody to come down there and find out anything you want to find out about the system and how to support people like that. So those are the events that are coming up. Mark your calendars. Again, at the end of the show, I'll let you know how to reach me, or you can always give me a call, and we'll go from there. I'm going to go to our guest who I'm excited to have in studio. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and Coffee Shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, 
we pay for that call. I'm happy to have the show in, on the show today a friend of mine uh, by the name of Gary McBride. Gary McBride, I met at Ten Mile Christian. He's a volunteer out there, an all-around kind of good guy. And welcome, thank you for coming in and doing this for me. You bet. Tell me a little bit about Gary McBride. Uh, How'd you get to Idaho, et cetera? Uh, How'd you get to Ten Mile? Uh, well, we don't want to know how I got to Idaho, but <laughs> uh, maybe might be a good story. Well. Uh, I grew up in a little town, a little community southwest of Houston. Really? Which, what's the name of it? Uh, West University Place. We were we were two miles beyond Rice University, and at that time, Rice University was out in nowhere. In nowhere. And now all of that stuff is inside the loop. Of uh, all part the of mega, U, mega yeah. Houston area. Yeah. Um, had a good home life. Uh, my mom basically was a single mom, not a single mom, but a stay-at-home mom. And my dad was a electric service engineer for Westinghouse. He spent a lot of time running all over the world and the country, mm-hmm. putting up big power systems. Mm-hmm. Um, went to college in in, in Texas. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Texas A&M and really? uh, University You're of Houston. Aggie. Oh yeah. And uh, first job out of school was uh, working on uh, the space program huh. at NASA in Houston. Mm-hmm. I've had um I've had a blessed life. I've had lots of interesting uh, careers and opportunities, and uh, the 2008 meltdown kind of ate me up, mm-hmm. and uh, I wound up having to to file Chapter 13 bankruptcy, mm-hmm. and uh, because I was working with an aerospace contractor and had a security clearance, uh, got to a point where uh, they needed to lay me off. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, unemployed for a long time and pretty close to living under a bridge and called my kids one night that live in Cuna and uh, my son and daughter-in-law and, and they said, you know, it's time to get out of California, come to Idaho. And it's... Uh, so you'd gone from Texas to California then? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, and lots of, I had a couple, I had a career in between commercial diving and, and I lived. Really? Commercial lived, diving? Yeah, I lived lots of places and. Oh, that, that's so I cool. Lived in Singapore for a couple of years. Oh, see, I never do any of that stuff. Yeah. That's the great thing. You have, get to bring people in and show you get to find all sorts of stuff about them. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So, so, th- so this has been uh, the, the Idaho experience is good. I think, uh, I think the Lord has meant me to be here and mm-hmm. I think He moved me here. Um, I have met some really wholesome people, and uh, everybody's friendly, and and there's uh, God's work to do here in Idaho. Yeah, you know, I always I'm curious as to why it's a. Uh, I mean, I came I'm the same way. I came up from California in 1995, and um, I was I think reluctant to come here, but I did come. But it does Idaho wins you over mm-hmm. in terms of uh, what it has here and the people here. Uh, but you came from Kino. What made you pick uh, Ten Mile Christian to start going to church? Uh, actually, it was, it was interesting that the, about the first week I was here, I lived with my son and daughter-in-law in Kino uh, for a few weeks, and uh, they she had been looking for a church because she was unhappy with the couple that she'd been to, mm-hmm. and um, so one Sunday she said, "Hey, I'm going to try a new church." And, it was ten mile, and yeah, I uh, was really I was pleased with the friendliness of the people and the openness of the people and the transparency of the senior minister, uh, mm-hmm. Steve Moore. Yeah, Steve's and, been on the show. He's a good yeah. guy. Yeah, 
and um, it's 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 just blossomed since then. And you know, everybody is wonderful there. Really yeah. are, really and, are. And many people who listen to the show on a regular basis know number a couple things about me is is that uh, I've been incarcerated and. I've been out for about six years now, and uh, Ten Mile Christian was an integral part of the incarceration that I was involved with in that they uh, fed into a faith-based community at Max that's called Hope Community, and they did that with mentors and the people who, and that really clicked that little group for us out and made it work, and the man who made that work was Steve Moore. Mm. So I've always had a uh, soft spot in my heart for, for Steve Moore, and since I've been out for about six years, right when I got out, they started doing five services a week at the new building. And so one of the ladies who's approached me and said, well, what are you going to do in terms of your volunteer? And I said, well, it's that desk. I'd love to just hang behind that desk and talk to people in the afternoon. Uh, what we call the connection what point. What we call the connection yeah. point. And I've been there ever since. So it's like they, they can't, they don't have the guts to get rid of me yet. But um, so I'm always there, and that's how I met you. Yeah, and that's uh, Steve Moore. Um, he and his wife are... Are, uh, I mean, I think they, they greet almost every new person that, that shows up at a service. It's a, it's amazing. And uh, the first six months I was here, I was in their home group. Mm-hmm. That's good. And um, one evening, Steve was talking about this mentoring thing, mm-hmm. and he kind of convicted me to say, you know, now that you're here, you don't have anything else to do. You ought to step up. So, yeah. you know, between his... Uh, his kindness in Mark 25, mm-hmm. uh, toward the end of Mark 20, uh, not Mark, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew 25, you know, where Christ says, you know, if you've seen me this way, you know, if you've seen someone this way, you've seen me. And mm-hmm. one of those was uh, in prison, mm-hmm. you know, and visited me and clothed me. And I, I felt really moved and convicted to get involved in that ministry. Yeah, and, and it's good. Like I said, I, and you've always been that, um, those of you who don't know, 10 Mile's a pretty big church. I think we number, for those five services, over to between 2,000 and 2,500 people on, on, on a weekend. And so the services that I'm at are the afternoon services between 4.30 and 6. There's one at 4.30 and there's one at 6. But those, you've been a fixture there, and so I got, you know, got to know your face and then understood that you did a mentor, and that's kind of how we met. Mm-hmm. You were almost in that second phase of mentors because you went out to Siki as a mentor, right, for right. Tenma. Yeah. Right. And so it was a different, uh, the, the program, the original program that we were in, they actually came into G Block at Max and actually sat with us for an hour and a half or so, and it was an intense, there was only 36 people living in G Block, so we had all those mentors and they'd come on a different timely yeah. basis depending on what their schedule was but for those of you who don't know i had a mentor for three and a half years from 10 mile that came out and saw me every thursday so that's that's a pretty powerful way to live out your christianity and I, I i think what i saw in my mentor was him grow as much as i grew mm-hmm. in terms of his relationship is that is that what's work with you yes that that activity is uh so enlightening because you s- start to really understand that all of us are equal Mm-hmm. And and uh, growing up in Texas, there was a very uh, rigid feeling about people that had uh, run afoul of the law, mm-hmm. and uh, that mentality continues today around the country. And um, by the grace of Ten Mile and people like yourself, uh, I've learned that that is a wrong attitude. Well, and I think so much it's um, 
I encourage people that listen to my voice or that feel so inclined that this is a very powerful way to live out your Christianity. It's it's easy, and it's you get immediate feedback, and you feel, uh, for the most part, you leave with a chance to interact with somebody that's in a real positive vein, and you can have an impact. You can have a really strong impact. Is it frustrating at times? Absolutely. Uh, is it sometimes not successful? Absolutely. But it's a real powerful way to uh, to explore your own Christianity and help you become a better Christian yes. as you go forward. And I think you get that so much then. Too often people will sit in um, their church on a weekend and say, well, I need to send uh, crayons to Ecuador or wherever, you know, and I'm going to put an extra five bucks in for this and then go home and watch the baseball game or the football game. And and that this is much, much, much more powerful, and that's what I think the churches that I go to, including 10 Mile, encourage people to go out there and live this on a, on a weekly basis, just go out and share your own Christianity. And so that's – I see you doing that too, and that's, that's one of the reasons um, – I'm happy you're my friend, and I'm happy you came in to do that. So, uh, and not everybody does that. Do you think? You know, you think that's hard for people to do? Well, it's, it, um, it is an unsettling situation mm-hmm. when you cross through those gates and hear them lock behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I was I was never concerned about the individuals. I, I guess in the three years that I've been a mentor, I have. Uh, probably mentored eight to ten guys mm-hmm. some of those have been on a very short short-term basis mm-hmm. uh, two of them have been on a very long-term basis um, one of those long-termers um, just finished a 20-month parole mm-hmm. and he is gold sealed and all done with his obligations to the state um, I have another guy that's out at the Nampa uh, the work center yeah the uh, community reentry center so, so the, the the sticking with this as long as I have, or to this point, is given me a lot of opportunities to see to see these individuals uh, who are just like me mm-hmm. um, in in all sorts of venues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the out behind the wire is one thing, and I mean, at the prisons and and the reentry centers are very different. But they're not, mm-hmm. you know, and so um, it's it's heartening. Uh, you, you start to, like you said, you start to understand your Christianity better. You start mm-hmm. to understand the the true meaning of of uh, Christ's death uh, for everyone, even those that uh, have done more things than I've done. Yeah. But I've gotten caught too, and everybody, yeah. you know, so. When I went to Antium, that was one of the things that uh, we ran afoul of my freshman year. We we stole the commanding officer's uh, footlocker. Uh-oh. And uh, they knew we were going to do it, and they were waiting in the parking lot in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Turned their headlights on, and uh, we got busted for a month. Uh, so, so you know, I, I don't I, – it, it's, it's, it's a way to humble yourself. It, it really makes you humble to understand that our Creator feels the same way about all of us. Yeah, and I think that's um, – it's almost my mission now, or I know it's the rest of my life's work, but it's uh, to bring this issue to show people 
that they can be it can be so impactful on a man's life or a woman's life as you go forward and kind of share who you are as a Christian and support them as they transition out of this. It humbles you and it um, it is such a good feeling to do and it's I, I would say it's relatively easy once you get past the fact that oh you know I've got to do this and the gate's going to lock behind me but it's not you don't necessarily have to go into the prison you can actually just hang around with some of us and, and do some very interesting stuff and get on a real part-time basis to say, I want to do this. And you could meet, you know, at our at one of our morning meetings and take somebody to health and welfare and get them food stamps. You know, it could be something that easy or give them a ride to where they're going to eventually live <laughs> and just get that kind of interaction on a gradual basis until it kind of, I think it kind of gets in your system and it kind of hooks you uh, in terms of seeing what can happen. Does that make sense? Yes. And that, and that's what, to me, to me, that's the reason I took you up on your request to, to do systemic change because it, it allows you to go beyond with the people you come in direct contact with and do something for all the people you don't come in contact yeah, it's exactly and I think that's why you'll be perfect at it and I think that's why I get I am so excited about the radio show and the people who fund it the systemic change is that we've got a real chance to take what we know, what you and I know, and to educate the average person in the in uh, the department in the state of Idaho about what's going on out here. Hey, you know what's going on? And it's not that it's bad things happening to them. It's that the Department of Corrections, they and they need our Christian help to kind of come forward and to say, they don't have all the answers. Because when I get out, or when a person gets out, you think, gosh, well, they've got those POs that are going to help them. No, they don't have it. Those POs are overworked with 140 on their caseload, and they don't make a lot of money. And if you don't believe me, just Google in there and start looking at salaries for them. They don't make a tremendous amount of money, and they have to keep track of all of us. And some of it, we all of us appear, the majority of us lie to them about everything we do, and we're not truthful with them because we're afraid of things in our heart. And so they've got a very difficult job to do, and the Department of Corrections needs our help to go forward and do that. And so if anything, what we're attempting to do, and again, you're listening to me on a Christian radio station. At the end of the show, I'll let you know how you reach out and talk to me if you want to and get involved with this. But this is a way to go forward and to show Idahoans that, hey, this 97% of the people that live out there in the desert south of Boise are going to get out. They're going to be your neighbors. You're going to turn around and say, oh, that guy, that guy right there, he was in prison. So let's just figure out what's going on in their life now and make that transition back into the world as easy for them. So I heard today that, I don't know, the news coming in, looks like they're going to let O.J. out. So, I mean, O.J. Simpson's going to get out. So, I mean, it's like everybody gets out of prison, and they're going to come back into society, and we're going to need to be able to deal with that as they get back in and support them as they transition back into the world because – like you say, everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, well, you know, and, and, and to hear to hear the thing about O.J. is interesting because there are, there are people out at the prisons here in Idaho that that have, you know, been been brought up in a lifestyle uh, in an environment that that caused them to cross that line, and some of them crossed it very very badly. Mm-hmm. Um, we we all we all deserve every chance we can get. And I think the Lord gives us that chance. Right. And I think one of those is, you know, Scripture talks about justice for the oppressed. And I, I think a lot of the people that are incarcerated are being oppressed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Certainly misunderstood. And um, 
Certainly, and then this doesn't negate the fact that uh, for, from in my situation, I broke the law and I needed to be punished for that. I have no problem with that. And I think the majority of the people who are in the system would say, that's fine, I did this, that's okay. Too many of those people, let's have this discussion, too many of those people say, attempt to justify X, Y, and Z happened and that's why this happened or I'm this way because of this. And But again, that's back to us as Christians to embrace those souls, if you will, that are willing to make a change and say there is sort of a better way to figure this out. And if they're willing to do that, that's the real challenge in terms of bringing them around to become those productive Christians that, that the society needs in desperate need of. Yeah, because you're teaching them all new skills, the things that they've never thought about never or, thought. or been around. So it's it's uh, it's been a lot of work. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Both of these guys that I'm that I've been mentoring consistently, uh, I, I've been out at the prisons once a week mm-hmm. for both of them. And as they moved around from place to place, I've been out to see each of them once a week. Uh, the guy that was on parole, he and I had lunch every week, and so you know it. Uh, well, and I think they too, what they face are, um, number one, their adjustment back into the community, but they're also adjusting back into a community that is broken itself. Mm-hmm. And so you can't um, minimize the fact that everything around them is telling them to do something that certainly is against what God's plan would be for them. So uh, it, they even more so need the support and the strength to go forward to find that peace in your heart and your soul from the relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's something that, that you and I do by example with people, and it, it, you can, it doesn't always take all the time, certainly, but it is something that is powerful when it does start to work. Yeah, and I think, I think that's where the systemic change gets its value, too, yeah. because uh, the guy that was on parole for 20 months, uh, for the first six or eight months, he couldn't get a job. Mm-hmm. He couldn't keep a job. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as they found out he had a felony against him, he was done working. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think that, I think society needs to understand that, that people are being punished for their whole lives for something. And in many cases, uh, we would consider insignificant if, if, if someone did and didn't have to spend prison time. Yeah, I always like uh, what C.S. Lewis is. One of his, my my favorite quotes from him is, uh, "No man knows how bad he is, he is until he tries to be good all the time." And that's uh, I've always loved that phrase, that quote from him. So, you know, you're trying to be good, and then they're coming out of the system, and you're attempting to do the right thing, and you think, "Wow, you're bringing up my past, and you're bringing up this," and then it's it's so easy to fall back into. Um, a familiar pattern, if you will, and I'll call it a familiar pattern of sin, but that doesn't that leads, unfortunately, people like me right back into the same cycle, and can put me back in the same system. Yeah, I, I've really been amazed with the guys that are incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them, uh, it's a tough life. I can't, I can't imagine having to live behind razor wire every day. Every day, every day, every day, mm-hmm. um, and when they get out, they're really sincere. Many of them, are, most of them, are really sincere about uh, trying to make it, make their life change. And yeah. the system, the system doesn't let them. Uh, society doesn't let them, and and I think that's what systemic change is going to do. Yeah, and I also think too, as part of it is that they get this ingrained what what 
they in what they think is success, and somehow that's too often around financially supporting yourself, and um, that's I've got to get a job, I've got to get a job, and somebody's coming out for five or six years. All I'm trying to say is, why don't you try to figure out who you are first? Let's just breathe some air and get used to this, and then go forward. It's almost the opposite. If you can figure out who you are and survive, just get something doing ten dollars an hour for a while and figure out who, who if I can figure out who Mark is as a person, and I can learn to walk the steps the right way, the world opens up for you. And that's the, the theme that we're trying to get across to people. So Yeah, I think, I think that's what this returning citizen that I'm working with now yeah, exactly. is, is, try, is trying to figure out. It's so hard to do that, and yeah. I can appreciate that oh, because, yeah. as you know, I, I spend a lot of time working with this population on a time, and it's really difficult to get across that kind of stuff. So. Listen, I uh, so appreciate you coming in today. Hey, and I've enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, you said it See, would be fun, and it was. Yeah, yeah it really is. It, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to to share the changes that have happened in your life. Well, and, and for you, too. I mean, I've seen those changes in you, too, and I want to support you in terms of as you've gone forward. I've seen, Again, I see a lot of people at 10 Mile walk through there, and you're one of those consistent great faces that always has something positive to say. And uh, I can't tell you enough how that helps my day when I see you on Sundays. And then now that you're helping us on Systemic, I think we're going to do, I think Systemic is going to do some really, really exciting things. So, Gary, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Again, I want to thank Gary McBride for coming in. Gary's a really super neat guy. And if you want to meet Gary McBride, you can always come around 10 Mile in the afternoon. And uh, I'll introduce you to him. Come up to Connection Point and say, Mark, where's Gary? You keep talking about him on the radio. I'll point him out to you. If you want some information about what we're doing, it's easy to reach us. You can reach out to www.systemicchangeofid.com. There's a Gmail account on that uh, website. You can link to that. We're also on Facebook at Systemic Change of ID. And Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. Or you can give us a call at area code 208-477-1006. We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend.